1: Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman.
0: Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report for a Wednesday. It is May 29th, and we are back here in the Batcave to pour nothing but sweet, sweet loving into your ear holes. Ooh. Yeah, baby. That sounds gross. I'm your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman, and that voice you hear bemoaning the oh, fact geez. that you're getting
1: hot <laughs> you're love gonna... poured in your ear holes Ugh, I can only mean one thing
0: is the vice host himself <laughs> mr eddie pence <laughs> hey everybody welcome boys and girls i hope you all had a wonderful holiday weekend we are back we are tanned we're rested we're ready here in the bat cave and by the way before we go any further congratulations to the vice host himself mr eddie pence on his 1 year anniversary. Oh, is that today? Of being the vice host oh. on the Ralph Report. It's been a quick year. A whole goddamn year we've <laughs> been doing this and look at us now. Look at that. You've been doing it longer with me than you've been doing it by yourself. Um <laughs> sure? I'm not sure if that math checks out, but if you say so, let me think. Uh, I started in January of 18, so it would be January been 19, to May. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah. yeah, right. So there you go. <laughs> Eddie Pence is, uh, looms large I in do. the legend of the Ralph Report. Apparently. We're happy to have him here. I'm um, happy. Happy to be here. Um, thank you, sir. A little quick business before we get on to today's show, which is always, I think it's a good one. Uh, we've got the, the live stream event that happens every month for the three and four star generals. May has been a frantic month, as you can imagine, because I was on tour over there in the UK and Ireland. And just the holidays and nutness going on. So and what? The school. And a school. Crazy yeah. month, May, has been. So we're getting to the live stream event a little bit late this month. How late, you ask? Well, June. That's how late it's going to be. <laughs> but we're going to squeeze it, and it's practically May. Practically. Saturday, the 1st of June. This Saturday, the 1st of June. And I will send you a little reminder so you know all about it. But we're going to be doing our live stream event Saturday June 1st, doing it at 8 a.m. in the morning Pacific Standard Time. A little bit earlier than usual. That way the folks over there in uh, the UK and other countries can can chime in. Some people say it's a little bit late for them when we do it at noon on Sundays. And I think it's still... Fucked for the Australian fans. There's nothing I can do about that. because Well, they're like three years away. They're like a day and a half in the future and some change. I'm not quite sure. But it's going to be 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. A little different than usual because my wife has a little uh, get-together with the Girl Scouts this weekend. So she will not be on hand to run things from the computer. And I'm giving Eddie Pence the day off. So it's going to be like an AMA. It's going to be like the kids do over there on the Reddit. Oh, yeah. The old... Reddit talks. Ask me anything. A M A. That's going to be real personal. Yeah, it's going to be me and my uh, face right there into the cam. And I'll be in front of the computer, also reading the questions and answering them. I promise you, it's going to be a spectacular <laughs> shit show. So if you tune into one of these live stream events, this may be the one. Because I'm sure I'm just going to be overwhelmed. You're going to have morning face. Oh, morning face, morning hair, (laughs) morning breath. All sorts of morning things going on. I will likely be hungover. It's going to be a true adventure. True peek into the world of Ralph. It's going to be a real experiment in what I'm made of to get my ass up at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and uh, look into a webcam. Those people
1: are in for a treat.
0: Livestream event this Saturday. Again, I will send you a little notice. Speaking of things that are live... The tickets for the live Ralph Report that's happening on June 15th, Saturday night, 8 p.m. at the Improv on Melrose here in Los Angeles are now officially open to the public. Anyone can purchase them, and these things usually sell out. But they all have so far. Oliver, so,
1: yeah, they've all sold out.
0: If you want to go, you might want to jump on that and go to improv.com, I-M-P-R-O-V.com. Click on the Hollywood location, then go to the events calendar and find us there on the 15th. And the rest should be self explanatory. If it's not, you got bigger problems <laughs> than going to a live Ralph report. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you should be able to handle it. All right. There you go. That's all the business. Let's get to today's show. Before we jump into it, however, uh, I'll let you know what's coming up. Steve Ashton will be stopping by with a brand new UK update. Also, it is Wednesday, and. Ooh, I know. Don't tell me. I know something happens on Wednesdays. Uh,
1: A one hit wonder? (laughs)
0: You're goddamn right! It It is a one hit wonder for the ages today. I gotta tell you. For the ages?
1: For the ages. Seems like that's every week.
0: I think so, but this one. This one's really for the ages. This one captures a time and place in American music.
1: That is very specific. Okay.
0: Huge one. Because
1: Amadeus was pretty huge last week. This
0: is uh, going a little further back. We're right. going back to the uh, late 60s, early
1: 70s. Oh, that was a time period. That period of
0: time. Uh, the, the era of bubblegum music. They used to oh. call it bubblegum pop. And this song, I'll give you a hint right now, made be the king of bubblegum. So we will talk about that in a little bit but before we get to any of that good stuff. I want to talk about this story I read over the weekend really quickly because it's time to start getting the dumb people out of our lives. Is that possible? Well, we got to do something. Because not only just are they in the show business, certainly, and also in politics, yeah. but also now they're infecting uh, college and university campuses around the world. I want to tell you a story about this instructor at the University of Oxford in England. That would seem like a pretty good school, You would think right? that's very, like, intellectually... You would think someone who taught there yeah. would have their shit together. Good head on their shoulders. Not, not the case with young... Hai Chi is his name. Young Hai Chi. Young Hai Chi. I'm sure I'm saying that incorrectly. <laughs> but he teaches Korean at the University of Oxford in England. Okay. But this isn't about anything that he specializes in. This is not about the Korean language. This is about a different topic that he has championed there at okay. Oxford. And he has been giving lectures about this fact. And he wants everyone to know that space aliens are breeding with humans. I saw this headline. Did you see this? I saw this this headline. I didn't read the story. How could you resist? (laughs) I saw the headline. I was like, well, if this is happening, I would like to know more about it. I don't want to know. Well. I don't want to know. Eddie, you'll be happy to know. These are your people, by the way. These are the ghost hunters (laughs) and the UFOers and all those folks. So you should read up on this. First of all, I was surprised by this piece of fact. This factoid. That 6% of Americans claim to have been abducted by aliens. Six 6%. Percent. That's, a lot. That's in the tens of thousands of hundreds yes. of thousands of people. They claim that they've been abducted by aliens. And from their uh, descriptions, the experience does not sound pleasant. <laughs> how could it? Many be? men have said they've had the sperm extracted from them. That sounds well, pleasant. Depends on how they do it, I guess. <laughs> if they go straight for the balls, that would hurt. Men, Women claim they've been impregnated. By an uh, alien? That's what this story or is by all about. The sperm from the other dudes. Young Hai Chi, Young Hai Chi. claims that they are uh, up there in their spaceships when they abduct these human beings. They're creating alien human hybrids. Do you want to know why? Why? Because this is their way to hedge against climate change, he claims. Oh, I'm all for that. <laughs> I don't know why the aliens care about climate change, but that's not their problem. I'm not sure either. Uh, usually there's several reasons behind these fantasies when they say that aliens are impregnating humans. yeah, Usually it's because they are somehow become sterile on their home world and right. they're looking to breed. They're trying to
1: keep their species.
0: Using women as incub- incubators. Right. And in this particular case... <laughs> sorry, so are the Republic. Sorry.
1: Sorry, don't want, want to get political.
0: So. He says that the aliens and their abductions have risen in direct proportion to to the increase in climate global global climate change. Uh-huh. This is based on the work of another scholar named David Jacobs, who is a retired Temple University historian there in Philadelphia, Temple University. He has written several books on UFOlogy. They actually have a name for that. And he <laughs> runs the International Center for Abduction Research. Well, they need to research it. And he says that the uh, rates of abductions are rising along with the temperature on the planet. And so the plan of the aliens is to create a hybrid creature that can survive in hostile
1: weather conditions. Okay, so they're not trying to do anything to correct the climate change. They're trying to make a, hot, uh, a, a life form that, that can, can live. A that can survive it, yes. Right.
0: That doesn't need oxygen as pure as humans uh, Right, They can humans breathe do. carbon dioxide. can breathe carbon dioxide. But, can, should uh, we be
1: breeding with plants? That's true. <laughs> that's what we should be breeding we should. with. Fuck, um, fuck some celery.
0: Also, we can withstand higher temperatures. You yeah. know, usually they, the hot and the cold affects human beings. Now, yeah. but once they figure out how to uh, to crossbreed us, we'll it'll
1: be fine. We're going to be fine because that's actually how they. Well, there's a the, the whole uh, theory of the missing link is we were apes, and then aliens inserted their DNA into us, and that's how we became humans and evolved. That's one the theory. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's a that's, theory. oh no, that's the theory by, that's, by lunatics. That's how it happened.
0: And so this way, the uh, the temperature-tolerant hybrids, as they're called, will be able to carry on the species of not only uh, humans, but also our alien friends. But that makes all.
1: sense. Does it? No, because they, they they created us from the ape. They took the ape DNA with, mm-hmm. combined with their DNA to create humans, and now they made the human species, and now they're coming back to make sure we can survive our own stupidity. And so they're reinserting more DNA into us to make us... Well, let me ask you about some the of the climate. other side effects of climate change,
0: like the rising tides as the as gills the, as, as they're going to
1: put gills on us as the,
0: as the water starts to swallow up the land masses. How is that going to help these temperature tolerant hybrids
1: gills and webbed feet?
0: All right. How about all the other creatures and critters that exist on the planet that are crucial to our ecosystem and our food chain? Well, they'll
1: just naturally evolve the way they have. Oh, will they that quickly? Right?
0: They're going to just evolve overnight. <laughs> Well,
1: maybe. suddenly
0: cows are going to be able to swim. <laughs> then put gills on the g- this this, this story is fucking ridiculous <laughs> well, maybe, on every level. Well, maybe they'll breed with the cows. I want Oxford to remove this guy is what I'm getting at. Don't let him spout <laughs> this garbage to impressionable young I don't British know. minds. It's, be, I don't know. it's something to think about. Chew on. If you want to know why we don't see a lot of half humans, half aliens walking around in the street. Why? Well, uh, Professor Chi, or Chai, says that's because they're hiding them. Oh. The first-generation hybrids still have physical features distinctive to aliens, but the second generation are almost indistinguishable from humans, although they carry at least one-fourth of alien genes. How quickly does a generation turn over? Is that like like fruit flies, like a day? You don't know how quickly aliens breed. (laughs) Who knows what they're doing up there in those spaceships? (laughs) And, uh, by the way, the aliens and the hybrids are already walking among us oh i believe that so you could be your neighbor it could be cardi b it could be anybody <laughs> is
1: there a better excuse for cardi b to exist exactly, other than she that? could
0: be part alien there you go so all i'm saying is <laughs> so you breathe through your pussy <laughs> <laughs> pussy breathing you don't need those lungs anymore she's got gills down there where they count oh. look I'm just uh. saying to throw a net over this guy
1: <laughs> and drag him off the University of Oxford uh, campus. That's it, all I'm asking. It shouldn't, be on a, it shouldn't be on a place of higher learning. He should have his own website, and you can just pay a fee right. to listen to it. Put
0: him <laughs> someplace where I can actively ignore him yeah. and I don't have to be subjected to him. But, but I, I just, I read it every week, and I said, well, you know what? Let's just call it a species. Let's just say, throw in the towel and say, we had a good run, but <laughs> we're too stupid to live anymore. Well,
1: yeah, well that is definitely true.
0: Well, we, we, I think we're dumber than we've ever been. No, that's, I agree. And, and we're paying the price now, both on a global scale, but also just, just on a daily
1: scale, <laughs> just having to put up with these assholes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think when they created college and the, the marketplace of ideas, I don't think that's what they had in mind. Yeah, let's save,
0: I mean, let's save it but. for the real marketplace of real ideas, not the bullshit ideas <laughs> that guys like this Korean teacher is now talking about human biology crossed with aliens up in their spaceships. Can we agree on that much? I guess. All right. Let's, let's get to your phone calls, Garmy. You guys don't spout such nonsense. No. When you contact us, you got good things to say. And that's why I read all your emails at Ralph at the ralphreport.com dot com or Eddie or Steve. You can reach us all at that email address. And I love it when you leave us voicemail messages. You can do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the Ralph Report hotline. You know, the number one, eight, three, three. Love to hear from you. Come on, drop me a line, won't you? I listen to every single one of them and then I grab a handful of them and we throw them here at the top of the show in a segment called Garmy on the Line.
2: The telephone is ringing, the Garmy's on the
0: line. Ross gonna play your calls now
1: and see what's on your mind. <laughs>
0: Now, it just dawns on me, I was uh, remiss in not asking
1: you how your holiday weekend was, it was Eddie. It was what'd nice. you do? I went to my buddy, had a barbecue. We went down there and had a little, in El Segundo, had a little barbecue, a little cookout.
0: El Segundo. Yeah. You know, in Spanish, that means the second. Does it? Yep. I didn't know that. It is. It's I don't know the why they second. would name a place. We're number two. We're number <laughs> two. I think it's because sometimes when you drive by El Segundo on the freeway and you go, oh, is that number two? I mean, that's why
1: they're called the second. <laughs> it is right under the airport. It is. Uh, I also noticed you tweeted me. I did tweet at you. I did. Some did stuff. I
0: happen to see a plate of strawberries and whipped cream in it front was of you? It
1: strawberries. It was a layer of graham crackers, a layer of whipped cream, and a layer of strawberries. How about that? And I was, everyone was eating. And you're like, you know what, Eddie? I'll be an adult and I will try it. And I, I, I did take, I didn't, there was a lot of strawberries on it. And I pulled out half the strawberries because huh? there's just too much strawberry.
0: Well, but I, I, had like, I
1: don't think there's such a thing. There was but. too much. But I had, I had like four of the strawberries in the cream with the graham It was very good. See? It was very good.
0: Look what happens, Eddie, good. when you take those bold <laughs> first steps.
1: Know. Look.
0: Uh, little by little. A I'm year there. later, a year later, we're changing you for the better. You're eating four <laughs> Look strawberries. Look how much I've grown in you a know, year. You're, you're, it's touching. <laughs> My little boy's growing up. Uh, the, I had a, an interesting weekend as well. I had a severe... Allergic reaction to sunscreen that I'd never oh, used before. no, Severe. I don't know if you can see my arms here. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's, it's much better now than it was. I looked like I had uh, chicken pox and measles at the same time. Oh, Any place I put sunscreen, I broke out. Did in it happen Vicious, immediately? vicious. No, it happened the next day. Oh. So I was out there uh, doing the right thing. My wife's always after me to put sunscreen on because I'm pale and I burn. Yeah. So my answer is usually, well, I'm just not going to go in the sun. That's what I do. That's what I do. And uh, the kid wanted to go out, and we were going to the park, and so I slathered on some sunscreen. And I don't have a regular sunscreen. I just grabbed whatever was in the drawer, and I put it on my face and neck and my arms, and I was uh, covered up for the most part and everywhere else, so I didn't really need it. And then the next day I woke up, and I said, oh, my God, I have the plague. Oh, my. Or something worse.
1: Yeah, you can see it's still on there. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, they're much less angry now than they were. Now they're just kind of spots, and they are slowly fading. But it was uh, it was a night. Was it itchy? Just yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. sure. God. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It was everything.
0: So I was like, oh, here's my <laughs> holiday weekend. Scratching and itching, looking like a leper. You finally give yourself some time off. Scaring small children and animals. <laughs> With the pox that I was carrying around. It was, uh, oh, it was not a Oh, man, ideal. that sucks. But I'm glad we brought up the food because Joey called in, and he also tried a new food, oh. Eddie, and I think you should be encouraged by this phone call. Hey, Ralph.
2: Joey from Brooklyn. And uh, you were talking about haggis so much that I up and, and tried some. I found the one place in New York that seemed to be serving at a Scottish restaurant, and God damn it was delicious. Now, Eddie probably wouldn't like it, but it was it was so good, and I am so jealous that I can't have it as a burger, like you said you had. Yeah. Um, had a scotch egg, like all the Scottish food was amazing, so you turned me on to something I probably would never have tried otherwise, so good on you, and I, I owe you one. No envy.
0: Right? Well, Joe, you'll be happy to know we got a live event coming up in, on June 15th, so... There may be hope yet. Maybe not. Strawberries could be the gateway drug. I'm Where, saying. Where's Splash Guard to a uh, to a bigger, better world <laughs> for Eddie Pence? Scotch egg too, by the way. What's oh. a Scotch egg? Scotch egg is a uh, hard-boiled egg. Okay. That, that they surround in, uh, like uh, like. Like the black pudding, like a, almost oh, the like a haggis thing, the,
1: the coagulated blood, and then
0: they fry it up, and oh, then when you cut oh. into it, they exit the center, and you get like all the sausagey stuff on the outside of it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty magical. Oh. Uh, we've talked about fecal transplants on this. We show. have the the in, ripples, in depth. <laughs> the ripples of that conversation are still carrying on <laughs> to this day. Andrea <laughs> called in from South Jersey, and she is an actual medical type person, unlike chin hi-ho or whatever we were talking the about with the person, aliens. The medical. Yeah, she's, she's doesn't, she doesn't believe in alien hybrids. She's a real medical person. She's got some information to share. We mocked it so mercilessly, and now I feel bad, and I feel it's my obligation and duty to share some real <laughs> medical information about fecal transplants. That's yeah, all you did there. So I'm going to let uh, Andrea have her say-so here on the Ralph Report. Hey,
2: Ralph. Andrea from South Jersey, four-star general. I am a nurse, educator, um, and I'm calling about fecal therapy. So, fecal therapy has been around a lot longer than just for C-diff. It actually started with um, treating colitis and Crohn's disease, and the stool samples are sterile, so you don't shake it in a, in a blender or whatever that crazy doctor was telling you <laughs> to do uh, on YouTube, but so but it 's been around for a while um, and it actually has really good success with Crohn's and colitis and The C diff came about about two or three years ago and C diff is caused by taking antibiotics and you wipe out your gut flora so that 's why you should always take a probiotic um, with an antibiotic so you don 't get c diff but A lot of doctors don't tell you that either. So, But fecal transplant therapy is really an amazing thing without having to do the medication that people with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis have to do. But a lot of people don't know about it. So hopefully this platform um, and your discussion about this Fecal therapy um, opens it up for people who do suffer those ailments that they can talk to their doctor about getting that done. But, yeah, you don't want to be doing, literally, you don't want to be doing that shit, like (laughs) getting a friend's crap and putting it in you because it's not sterile like it is with the studies that are done. Um, Especially hepatitis B and C, you can't get from shit usually, but hepatitis A is a big big mess that's what you can get from fecal contamination is hepatitis A so um, just want to put that information out there Love you, mean
0: it. Bye. All right, there you go. There's our public service. How informative was that? If you've got Crohn's disease, if you've got other, uh, if you've got colitis, this is an actual, real therapy that can that has great success. Right, that can actually help you. So but talk to your doctor.
1: Go to a doctor and do right. it. Don't, don't do it, it at in your, home.
0: Don't put it in your blender with your
1: neighbor. That's where our That's species. where we were making fun of it. Right,
0: I didn't like the YouTube how to <laughs> do it yourself. The DIY aspect of the fecal transplant was not <laughs> Pinterest version was not for me. So. There you go. All right, Chris called in. He's got a question for uh, where did it come from? Hey,
2: Ralph. It's uh, Chris. I'm a one-star general from Orlando, Florida. Uh, It's Memorial Day weekend. Happy Memorial Day to you and your family. I'm watching a bunch of racing this weekend. you got the Monaco GP, the Indianapolis 500, and the Coca-Cola 600 all on the same day. And a common phrase that they'll use in racing when a driver is in a really good position is the commentary team will say that they're in the catbird seat. And I've always wondered, where did that come from? What does it mean if you're in the catbird
0: seat? Right? Like, that's that's weird. Yes. Hi, Eddie. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> oh, hi. You're absolutely right, sir. That is weird. Where could that possibly come from? Well, I'm glad you asked.
3: Where did it come from? Where did it go?
0: Where did it come
3: from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where it come from? no!
0: The phrase in the catbird seat, we've all heard it all our lives, right? It means you're in a superior or advantageous position over someone else. So if you're in the front of the pack in in a car race, for example, that would be considered the catbird. Yeah, that's where you want to be. But why? What's a catbird, and why do they? Why are they in the front? Something to do with cats hunting birds. I thought so too, Eddie. But it turns out we're both very, very wrong. <laughs> okay. It turns out the catbird is an actual bird. There's a bird called the catbird. Didn't know that. There's an American bird called the catbird, and it is part of the mimic thrush family. There's a group of thrushes that are able to mimic other sounds, okay. like the mockingbird, right. for example, is capable of that. The catbird is famous for mocking the meow of a cat. Interesting. It sounds like a cat to other birds, and to scare off the birds. To, ca- to scare off the birds. Brilliant. Keeps their nests safe by mimicking the meow of a cat, and the birds don't come to take their food or bother their youngins. Brilliant. Now here's the thing about the catbird. The catbird always picks the highest branch in any tree that it's in before it starts using its mimic call. So when you do see a catbird, you'll always see it at the very top of the tree, so that the bird is at the top. It's at the most advantageous position it can be in. Right. So the catbird seat has been known for being on the top of the or the leader of the pack. That's so not speak. at all what I thought it Me was. Me neither. So thanks so much for calling that in, despite the fact that your question came from car racing, which I can't imagine you watched all day <laughs> long.
1: Apparently it was all day long. Oh right? dear it's lord! Like three can different
0: you imagine? races. <laughs> Just watch cars go oh, in circles I, all day i think you and i agree on racing that's not for me but we all got smarter thanks to you chris and that's where it came from where did it come from where did it go where did it come from
3: we want to know where did it come from saying ain't so where did it come from oh,
0: no. and from the very smart to the very stupid david i love you you're a cherished member of the garmi This is the goddamnedest logic I've ever heard in my life. We're talking about pick a penny up day. Remember that? Pick a lucky penny up day? Yes. And I said, why in the world would you bother to pick up a fucking penny? Right. Well, david has got all kinds of theories.
2: Hey, Ralph. David here from Turlock, California. Uh, Listening to today's video stations. I don't know, because I was a little behind, so I'm like on my third one of the day. Uh, But you're talking about a penny and how it's not worth it to pick it up. Let me tell you what. Okay, if it takes about what, two seconds to pick up a penny, that's one penny every two seconds Mm -hmm. for 60 seconds. Okay. Well, that's 30 cents a minute Mm -hmm. times 60. That's $18 an hour. And times 60 gets 60 minutes in an hour. It is $18 an hour if you just picked up pennies, All right. I don't know about you, but a lot of people don't make $18 an hour. So it is literally worth your time to pick up every penny you see anyway
0: love you mean it bye david says you'd be making 18 dollars an hour if you pick up every penny you see
1: if it's floor like wall-to-wall pennies that's my point if you're in a
0: room full of pennies i would pick up all those pennies then yes knock yourself out bend over and pick up all the pennies if you're knee deep in a room full of pennies (laughs) But how many times did you run across that situation? You
1: couldn't find $18 worth of
0: pennies in like a month. How many times have you found a penny in your life? (laughs) Tops. A hundred, maybe? in a lifetime, you've found a (laughs) hundred pennies on the ground?
1: Oh, that's logic I can't even get behind. Dad, how drunk are you (laughs) that
0: you think that's a viable (laughs) viable job, a way way to increase your income? (laughs) David, I love you, but you're nuts. That
1: is insane. That's ridiculous. I can't even get behind that.
0: And lastly, this call. Uh, thanks so much for calling. And it didn't identify himself, but uh, Family Guy fan. Here's—I get the calls from time to time on the Family Guy because you know I've done voices now for like 15 years on that show, and people will call up asking me questions about it or reminding me of of segments. And I got to tell you, I don't remember most of them, and I certainly don't remember playing this character. Hi, Ralph. We're talking about giving a handy to
2: the uh, uh, air plane worker. <laughs> people guys yes <laughs> and uh, i was watching family guy the other night and i think you voiced a character when brian and stewie were on the titanic and stewie offered your character a hand job and you say something like you're the 10th person to offer that and frankly i'm a little spent that's one of my favorite
0: uh, lines that you have in family guy uh looking forward to seeing you again next season on there keep up the good work Thank you so much, sir. I had no memory of the scene he was talking about or I have ever, ever being in it. And I said, he must have me confused with someone else. So I hunted down the scene and sure enough, there I was saying a line that I have no recollection doing in an episode that I do not remember. Here's uh, what he was talking about. Here's Stewie dressed as a woman trying to bribe the guy who's running the lifeboats on the Titanic to get in uh, by uh, offering him a hand shot. Hello there, sir. We are three noble women in distress. Sorry, boat's full. Um, what if one of us were to turn this big ship into a tugboat? <laughs> a wink wink. Wouldn't help you. You're the fourth person to offer that, and I'm kind of spent. <laughs> <laughs> so that was me indeed turning down a hand job from Stewie. And uh thanks for the memory. Cause I have no recollection of that. Even when I heard it, I was like, Yep, that's me, but that's I don't remember hilarious. saying those words. So Nope. Sorry, I'm all spent. <laughs> That's it for today. Hey, you can call me anytime, day or night, and leave a message, too, and maybe you'll get on the show.
3: Call me, I'm Ralph. It's the number everyone's talking about. Call me,
1: right now,
3: at one eight three three. 833 Ralph. Call me.
0: Now it's time to take a look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall. Every day of the calendar year has holidays associated with it. Not all of them are good, though, so we will break them down and let you know which are the good ones, which are the bad ones, in a segment called Holiday or holiday. Holiday or holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. Today, Wednesday, May 29th, is Biscuit Day, World Biscuit Day. Not the biscuits that you and I might enjoy at the local Cracker Barrel, however. No, these are the British biscuits, which we would call Cookies. Oh. see if we had put that in the game the other day Eddie I might have got would you have that known one. I might have
1: got that what are one? biscuits more than in the fanny UK? I, yeah I got that Fanny I had no fuck
0: biscuits clue. there are cookies here and so over there in the UK they're celebrating biscuit day where they eat a bunch of cookies any particular type
1: of cookie just any cookie well in especially general?
0: they celebrate the Garibaldi are you
1: familiar with the Garibaldi I uh, uh, yeah that's the it's kind of like the oval shaped or the long it's oblong uh, ones. it's
0: two cookies. And in the middle is squashed currants. They have like a currant jam in between the uh, okay. two sort of shortbread cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Garibaldi. Gotcha. So they're celebrating all their biscuits over there, but especially. You those. can have all mine then. So, Steve Ashton, eat up your biscuits, son. <laughs> Today's also Learn About Composting Day. Learn all about composting, um, Eddie.
1: I don't. It's usually where you throw all your garbage in a thing, right? Like all your biodegradable garbage anything
0: that can decompose yeah, right, right, you're supposed right. to save it banana
1: peels and shit
0: and then use it as fertilizer around your home right. and garden because it removes the uh, the need for house uh, for a store bought fertilizers yeah. which are usually filled with toxins and chemicals yeah. and that kind of and stuff smell probably worse this is all natural fertilizer That you use by collecting things that decompose in your home organic matter stuff as kitchen scraps long clippings, newspapers, wood chips, coffee grinds, any food products except for processed foods.
1: Mm. So you can't
0: put Twinkies in there or anything like that. It's got to be raw food, no mac and cheese, and no meat or fish products either.
1: Oh, yeah, well, that would just smell rancid. It's got to
0: be planty kind of stuff. And then you put it all in a big shed, and it just rots and ferments and becomes... Compost. Garbage, and And then then you take it out... And you spread it all, <laughs> over, spread your all over your home and your heart. garden and yum, yum, yum. <laughs> they say it's black gold, Eddie. That's Is it black what they, gold? Is that the new black say, gold? Yeah. And it will grow lush plants and it will uh, promote healthy growth in seedlings and smaller plants. And it will also attract all kinds of good critters to your yard as well like bees and hummingbirds and no, those bees are good those uh, animals that pollinate
1: such plants so, i have a an apartment i have no need to compost.
0: learn all about compost and why don't you compost for someone else do oh, come
1: i'm be, gonna keep do the world a favor keep your garbage
0: eddie waste you have all a yard? black gold. you can compost you're wasting your black gold i am wasting black gold yeah i'll bring my garbage over to you fair enough give me all your black gold and today's national paperclip day oh you know, I love those old time inventions that yeah, we still that use. Forever. I still use paper clips. Well, everybody uses paper clips because right? they're the like best. Stable. That's why. The first patent for a bent wire paper clip was presented to the United States in 1867, and it turns out there were 50 other such patents also filed by the year 1899. So it started in the mid '60s, and then everyone thought they had a better way to bend, to, the, to wire. bend the wire. But it turns out the one we use today is known as the gem paperclip.
1: What's the triangle paperclip? Remember that, you know, the triangle yeah, looking one? Yeah, I don't I know, that know when called. that one got invented. Well, I wonder if that was but the I, same time. There was probably every possible kind of <laughs> shape and size. People bending wires trying to get their patent in.
0: But the one we use most today is the gem paperclip that started production in Britain in the early 19, uh, 1870s. And it's also known as the trombone paperclip because it's kind of shaped like that. I can like see that.
1: that. That's more than the gem. And here's
0: the thing about the, uh, the gem paperclip which invented that, that style. It was never patented. So anyone can make one of those style paperclips. Somebody lost a fortune. And sell them at your local uh, uh, office supply well, I'm gonna store. I'm going to go into business. So there you go. Oh, Pence's Clips. Pence's I like clips. clips. And they say, by the way, don't just use it to keep papers
1: together. It's got oh, a lot of other uses. Really?
0: Yes. You can replace a zipper tab with it. Oh, yeah.
1: I hang Christmas ornaments with mine. Excellent. Yeah. That's a good idea. Instead of buying a bag of those those hooks, hooks, you buy a bag of paper clips. Uh, You can unclog a spray bottle with it, they say.
0: You can use it as a hem holder when you're sewing. It's an emergency hook for broken necklaces. So many different functions for the paperclip. (laughs) So versatile. So we salute you. Salute paperclip. And you know I save the food-related holidays for the end because it's always fascinating to hear whether Eddie Pence will eat something or not. I will describe the food. Then we will pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine to see if it's something Eddie Pence would eat or not today. Hmm, I think he would eat some of it. Some of it? But not all of it. Today is National Cocovan day. Cocovan. au It is a French dish. Coq au is uh, basically translated to rooster with wine or cock with wine. Cock with wine. If you will. <laughs>
1: Sounds like you.
0: How dare you, sir? <laughs> it is, uh, it was actually started by the peasants. Back in the olden times in France, because it was easy to serve and easy to make. And it's basically just a, so was a chicken breast. So it's pretty much
1: rotting food they put in they no, it, covered in something to make it chicken breast.
0: It's a chicken breast that they cook with wine. They got plenty of wine <laughs> there right, in France. Because they had to cover up
1: the rotting chicken.
0: And then they put on uh, salted pork, uh, and then mushrooms oh, and garlic. Lost and me. then you bake it, and it's all au vin? Turns out that even Julius Caesar used to eat it back in the days of Gaul. So this actually goes way back to the Roman Empire. Oh. And then the French perfected it and carried it forward. And uh, now it's, so it's considered chicken. quite the quite the haute cuisine, as they say in chicken the 20th with first century. with wine on it. Chicken braised with uh, wine, lardons, as they're known, or salt pork, mushrooms, and garlic. And then you just let that sucker bake, and then boom, you got yourself some cock with wine. <laughs> Eddie Pence, don't tell me you don't like a little cock with wine once in a while. Once in a while. Sink your teeth in a little little cock cock. with wine.
1: Pour some wine on some cock.
0: Time to pull the handle and see what Eddie Pence will do. I think we all know where we're going with this, don't we? (laughs) No. One cock, two cocks. Oh, no cock with wine for Eddie. Well, he doesn't drink wine, so. Don't drink wine. How are you going to get the cock in him without the wine? (laughs) Right? There's a question we've asked many times. Yeah, and the
1: mushrooms can get bent.
0: Yeah, so Eddie's not eating the cocoa vine. No, you you uh, have mine. The rest of you saddle up to your nearest French restaurant and scarf down some cock with cock, wine. Cock wine. And that's been today's holiday, or holiday. Now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. Congratulations to Aladdin. Must have rubbed his magic lamp and asked to be a monster at the box office because that's what he got. Over $110 million on Memorial Day weekend. Wow. For Disney's new live action adaptation of one of their animated classics. Aladdin soared far above the competition, making, uh, well, in the four day weekend, they say it's closer to
1: $115 million when you factor it Yeah, they in projected it. like 100 I think. Yeah. Over that.
0: Outperformed. Yeah. It is the fifth highest Memorial Day weekend total ever topping x-men days of future past in 2014 and um disney still holds the record for the holiday by the way with pirates of the caribbean at world's end mm. which opened in 2007 and that made 139 million dollars at the box office so but uh, in terms of what it means for disney it just means that their gamble on making live action remakes of their animated well, classic is still very viable
1: dumbo hit the Here's my thing, and this is a theory I put
0: out before, and people may not buy it, but I think it holds true. When your main character is a human in one of those animated cartoons, it's much easier to translate it it to live action than if it's an animal lead. Dumbo, for example, it'd be hard to get more charming than the hand-drawn animated version of Dumbo. The CGI version doesn't have the same soul to it for some reason. But if you're a live action person... I guess you can pull it off. Yeah. Even Jungle Book, which was a hit, had Mowgli at its center. Yeah. Now, I guess The Lion King will prove me wrong on that theory because that's solely populated with
1: animals. Right. But that looks incredible. It though. does look amazing. Yes. And I'm so, sure it will do very very And the well. story
0: is, it's just a great story. And great music too. So people will show up for that in a big way. So congratulations to Disney. I'm glad they're finally making a couple bucks yeah. over there. Cause. They were struggling. For- this was bad news over the weekend. Stan Lee's former business partner was arrested. Yeah, you see I read this? about that. Uh, Kea Morgan is his name. Not his real name, by the way. His real name is uh, K Rash Mazari. And he was arrested in Arizona on Saturday on charges of elder abuse by the Los Angeles Police Department. They picked him up um, for several counts. One count of false imprisonment, three counts of grand theft, and another count of elder abuse against the late Stan Lee, who died of heart failure in November. Now, who knows
1: if he contributed to that death or not. Uh, well, they had that, mean, one where he, he, that story where he snuck him out of his place into a different place, saying he, he was in danger. He
0: removed him from his oh. home in the Hollywood Hills and secured God. him in a Beverly Hills condo late in the, in the middle of the night. Yeah. What a piece of shit. It's has been terrifying for, for him. him.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, also, he's charged with uh, collecting more than $260,000 in autograph signing fees that Lee made between May 10th and May 12th in 2018 and then never re- reported them or turned them into Stan Lee. So he pocketed that money.
1: <laughs> like,
0: could, like he was, Stan Lee's one of those beloved people in the history of this planet. Well, this guy apparently... And to do that, that's... According to the LAPD, he was in it for the long con. He started working his way into his good graces early on years ago and uh, was just slowly sucking money and uh, and life force off that guy. What a piece of shit. So he's being extradited to uh, Los Angeles to face those charges, and I I hope they throw the book at him. All right. Speaking of throwing the book at people, ah, oh, finally I'm getting some news about Operation Varsity Blues. It had been a, a while for me. <laughs> I don't want your life. <laughs> yeah, it uh, has
1: been a dry spell.
0: Uh, this is awesome. Ooh. They're saying that Lori Laughlin's daughter, Olivia Jade, reportedly fully knew what her parents were doing to get her into USC. Oh, yeah. Now, oh. up until now, the story had been the kids had no idea what was happening, and
1: they they said they didn't know what they were doing.
0: Yeah, right. But the source says Olivia fully knew what her parents did to get her into USC, but she didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Here's the thing. She didn't get into any other California schools, and that's why they felt desperate to try to bribe her way into USC. Wow. So. Because that totally debunks uh, their story which was we thought we were just donating to a charity right. we had no idea Wow! so if she gets put on the stand that would be fascinating she fucking sent them up the i road. wonder <laughs> if you're legally obligated to give witness against your parents i know a husband and wife don't have to do it but i wonder if a kid can be forced to, to testify, testify in, the the, in their parents case I don't, that's the statement she gave i mean how can you ignore that should be interesting Olivia Jade also, according to the same source, desperately wants to get back into USC. She's been removed from the school until this uh, investigation comes to a conclusion. Good. <laughs> right. And she would like to return to school. Why? Because she says she wants to prove that she's learned life lessons and is growing as a person. And she wants people to think she's interested in her education. She thinks it might help with her brand. Oh, did she put out a video saying she didn't care about school? she did indeed several videos Here's a little audio from one video where she was uh, doing her morning routine. I
2: don't want to wake up I don't want to go to school. I hate school That's it's so not fair for me to say my school is super chill and cool and nice to me about working and they're super supportive With my job and stuff. I like my school. I just don't like school in general
0: There you go. She's serious about her education. Let her go back to school. They let me me do my Instagram influencer job. That's why I like them, but I have no real interest in school. Oh god. Let's let's finish this off. Lamar Odom is in the news. For what? Legendary NBA Sex Ranch Coke snorter Lamar Odom. (laughs) He has now written a book that he wants to be turned into a major motion picture. He thinks his life story warrants a major motion picture. Does it? No. The book is called Darkness to Light, and he says in the book he talks about everything from drug addiction to sex addiction to his failed marriage with Khloe Kardashian. And he says he would like that book to be turned into a major motion picture so he could see his life story up there on the big screen.
1: No. I say no.
0: Fair enough. In a related story, he was on The View talking about his book, and he claims that he did not take any drugs at that brothel in Nevada when he OD'd in 2015. Then how do you OD if you don't well, take a drug? Well, I'm glad you asked, Eddie. He said the late <laughs> owner of that brothel. Oh, that guy. Dennis Hoff tried to kill him. What? Tried to poison him. <laughs> Why does yes. he want Odom dead? <laughs> well, Why? Even Lamar has to admit, I don't know what he had against me. <laughs> <laughs> what? But I didn't do drugs that night. I don't know what he had against me, but he tried to kill me, says Lamar Odom. Hmm, let me sing who I believe in this story. Hmm. How convenient, by the way, that the man he's accusing is, is dead. dead, so he can't really defend himself. Who's more
1: trustworthy in this situation?
0: Hmm. Flamar Odom's at a brothel in Nevada being given the VIP treatment, what are the odds that I think he's not doing any drugs while he's there? <laughs> no, he wanted a fully sober experience yeah. in the champagne room oh with the hookers, God. I'm sure. Yeah, he, uh, by the way, when he was picked up, after ODing, and they took him to the hospital. He was found with cocaine in his system, but Lamar claims he didn't put it there. He doesn't know how it got there. It wasn't him. Hmm. Now, also, hmm. police investigated the incident and said prostitutes at the Love Ranch told them they heard Odom snorting something before the OD, <laughs> but apparently, according to Lamar Odom, it wasn't cocaine. No, well, what what have been vitamin B. It could have been vitamin B. It might have been a fecal transplant. He might have been taking... <laughs> Feces up his nose. His Crohn's was acting up. Because his Crohn's was acting up. You don't know Eddie. You're so jaded.
1: Man. I shouldn't judge. You're I so cynical. That's my bad. Take
0: the man at his word. I will. I believe God him takes. now. I want to see
1: the movie now. Alright.
0: Are you a fan of Eddie Money?
1: I do like Eddie I Money. I love Eddie I Money. I like Eddie. Money. Eddie
0: Money's one of my favorites. Let's hear a little Eddie Money. Take me home to No, he just announced he's getting one of those very hip heart valve replacement surgeries. Oh, Everybody's like, doing oh, it oh, like, now. Like, what's his face did? Uh, Mick, Mick Jagger, Jagger started Mick. it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's very hip it's, to do it with all the older do. rockers. <laughs> oh, Mick's got one. Now I gotta get one. Apparently, he's got some bad heart issues, and they're gonna do that same procedure where they put the uh, the new valve in. Through arthroscopic surgery and then they just use a stent and they spread open that valve they push it to the side and they put the new one in and boom you're out of the hospital mm, in a couple having days. lunch in a couple hours exactly mm. uh, he was supposed to get it before this holiday weekend but he said he didn't want to let down his fans who had bought tickets to two Memorial Day weekend shows Oh,
1: that's the Eddie money I know so
0: he powered through <laughs> a Saturday night show in Detroit then flew to Arizona to perform on Sunday and they said his uh, breathing was so labored he couldn't come out for an encore at the end of that show. Wow. So it sounds like he like, didn't kill himself. Sounds like he's getting it just at the right wow. time. So he's going in this week, taking a little break from his tour, and then he'll be back on the road later this summer. True entertainer. He's a man. <laughs> and Cardi B, we we're just talking about her. She's got a new <laughs> single that's dropping on Friday. It's called Press. You will hear the new single on Friday. But she dropped a little bit via her Instagram before... Friday, a little teaser. So, we actually have a little sound of it here. This is the new Cardi B. Press, press, press,
1: press, press. Hey. Cardi don't need more press. Yeah. Kill them all, put them hustle press.
2: Hey. Walk in for the poop press. Hey. Please tell me who she won't say. Cardi made a mess. Hey. I thought, guess who.
1: Well, that sounds awful. Wait, that's, that's that wasn't made by a member of the Garmin? No. Nope. As a joke? That's She was dancing around that's... in the
0: studio lip syncing to that playing in the background. That's from her Instagram account, and that's actually a little sample of her new that's song. That's her legit Press, new song. Wow. Sounds like a list of things that she won't do. <laughs> oh, my God. How is she? Oh, Pussy Breathing's better, right? This, so much this better. This should have been the hit. Pussy Breathing.
2: Pussy it you want a yeast infection, bitch? Pussy it
0: you got me fucked up. Breathing, bitch. Better. That is... Press, 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 press. So much better. So much better. So uh, Friday, we'll get more of it. We'll play it for you then. Meanwhile, let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on May 29th, starting with guitarist Noel Gallagher of Oasis. He is 52 years old today. Love that damn song. Yeah, they were so good. Too bad they <laughs> hate each other. Don't get in a band with your brother. Nope, We've said it. this many times do on it. the Ralph Report. It never ends well. Actress Annette Benning is 61. Actor Rupert Everett is 60 years old today. Singer Gary Brooker of the legendary 60s band and Procol Harem is 74 years old today. Best known probably for their song. We skip
2: the line.
0: Floor. I was feeling kind of seasick. The crowd call out for more. The song I was listening to when I first got high. The first time I ever smoked oh, really? marijuana was that song. That's a good song <laughs> to get high to, I gotta I, tell you. Like it a man. Keeps you very mellow. Uh, Anthony Geary. From General Hospital, the famous duo Luke and Lara. He is 72 years old today. Actor Ted Levine or Levine? I always get it mixed up. I've heard it both ways. Uh, Silence of the Lambs, of course. And Monkey is 62 years old. Composer Danny Elfman. So funny now when you see these celebrity birthday lists. He is listed as composer. Yes, Oingo Boingo. Versus from Oingo Boingo. <laughs> his work in movies has now usurped his position as he's a like rock and pop legend. He's number two behind John Williams. I know. He's amazing. And he gave us this legend, of course. Batman. Singer Rebe Jackson and her sister Latoya Jackson both celebrate birthdays today. Two of the lesser-known Jacksons yeah. both have birthdays. Good for them. Ruby's 69, Latoya's 63. Melissa Etheridge is 58 years old today. Adrian Paul, TV's Highlander. Is 60 years old today Lisa Welchel from the Facts of Life Is 56 years old By far the hottest of all the girls There on Facts of Life <laughs> no, Much Joe. hotter than Joe, Joe so As much everyone hotter. knows You
2: take the good, you take the bad You take them both and there you have The Facts of Life The Facts of Life
0: She now hosts a show called Collectors Call, where they visit the homes of collectors and look through their collections. Oh, like hoarders? And they get a prize. Not hoarders, but it's called collectors. collectors.
1: There's a fine line. There's not a fine line. Look around where you're sitting, son,
0: and you'll see what a collector looks like. And then they bring in an expert and they sort of evaluate your collection. And then the expert brings in, like, a holy grail item. And they give you an opportunity to trade one of your beloved pieces for one of these pieces that you don't have. And then the collector has to make the call. Is
1: there a piece? Is there a Holy Grail piece you're still looking for? There's a ton
0: of them. They they created so much merchandise in the 60s for Batman and the Batman TV show that there's still tons of stuff that are missing. But uh, I would. I'm like, why aren't they calling me? I need Lisa <laughs> Welch to come over here and look through my bat stuff.
1: Is it with some t- TV prop they use? That's the Holy Grail. Yeah, something that was I mean, on screen, I mean, on camera. If I could get, I've already got
0: pieces of Batman's costume, right. Adam's costume so from the show. The full show. costume. If I could get a cowl, I mean, the cowl is the hardest part. That's the Holy by. Grail. That's the Holy Grail of the collector. Yeah, and that's always the the centerpiece of any anybody. There's a few people who have complete costumes out there. When you get the cowl, I mean, that's right. that's about as good as it gets. Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black and Doubt, she is 47 years old today. And singer Melanie Brown, Scary Spice of the Spice Girls is 44. They just kicked off their tour this past week. We'll be talking all about that with Steve Ashton. That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I'll walk the showbiz beat. And speaking of Steve Ashton and the Spice Girls, Steve Ashton stopping by today with a brand new UK update. Oh, Steve.
3: Oh, Ralph, you're the man who makes the Winklevoss twins look like the Olsen twins. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I tell you what, the Spice Girls are all over it this weekend and this
0: week. Yeah, big debut of their world tour.
3: Yeah, well, UK tour, let's let's wind it in a bit. I've got tons of Spice Girls news. So anyway, let's get into it. Many fans took to Twitter to share their excitement about attending the kickoff show of the reunion tour uh, last Friday in Dublin, but others were quick to share their vast disappointment, Ralph. What? Yeah, apparently there were massive sound problems inside the stadium, which was Croke Park, and I've been to that stadium, and it is not an easy place to, uh, I was going to say light, but not light, whatever, to, to sound. Would that be the right expression to you know to get the right sound? Because it's a stadium, so it's outdoors, so the the um, the the audio just goes up. Yeah. Apparently, one fan, one fan even claimed that they saw huge numbers walking out of the show. Sound issues, apparently, being I, I assume Jerry's mic was turned on. <laughs> uh, one person wrote on Twitter, "Sound is so bad, v disappointing." And another posted, uh, "Be great if someone could tell the sound people at the Spice Girls that the audience can't hear them." Now, after the gig, Mel B was clearly sympathetic and here's a quick clip from Instagram on her reaction after hearing of people's concerns
2: Hey guys, thank you for attending our show tonight in Dublin We will see you in Cardiff and hopefully the vocals and the sound will be much, much better
3: Yeah, by the way, she blew a raspberry at the end, she didn't (laughs) shout (laughs) <laughs> okay, just that, that was what that sound was. A bit disingenuous, maybe. You know, doing a raspberry at the end of that apology, or or hungover, perhaps, or maybe a bit of both. <laughs> but uh, now this reaction may be because immediately after the gig, Mel B and others hit the bar straight away with scary, insisting on. Well, have a listen. <laughs> So that Instagram post is her demanding shots right now. <laughs> Hang on. Shots right now. She could incorporate that into a song, couldn't she? I mean, he could go, I don't know. Shots right now, spank my hairy crutch. I need somebody with a vice-like clutch. Know, something like that. <laughs> now, her bizarre behavior was foreshadowed a little bit earlier in the gig when she exclaimed on stage that, and I quote, we're having a fucking great time, and uh, the, ju- the group chatted to the crowd. She continued by shouting, "Cut the crap," before making a bizarre comment about racism. And here's that final clip.
1: I'm
3: Yeah, so in there, you might not be able to pick it out because of the crowd noise, But she said, um, she was allowed to be racist. Uh, everyone knows I'm racist, I'm allowed, uh, because I'm black." Huh. One too many ciders, I think. Quite the weekend for old Scary Spice. Now, the Spice Girls tour continues next Monday in Coventry, although Mel's, Mel B's tour continues in Dublin at the Guinness Brewery Tour, the Jameson Distillery Tour, and the <laughs> Hairy Lemon Pub. <laughs> <laughs> old Rod Stewart's in the news, Ralph.
0: Oh, what's up with Rod, the mod?
3: Not- He's not been sucking any sailors' dicks in bars. But um, (laughs) he has declared that he too would like a film made about him, like his friend and sometimes rival, Elton John. Hmm. I don't think we need a fucking Rod Stewart film. But anyway, speaking uh, speaking at the London nightclub Tramps... 50th birthday party Rod said I haven't seen the Elton John uh, biopic but I'd love one of me I'm not sure I know much about Rod Stewart's life really I mean he was in the faces he went solo he married some tall blondes and then you know can't think of anything else <laughs> but the, the singer was at the bash with wife Penny Lancaster alongside celebrities like Joan Collins, Michael Caine and pedophile Bill Wyman um, <laughs> now Rod what well, he was wasn't he he was banging Mandy Smith when she was like 13 14, 14 the dirty yeah, old, yeah. Dirty old spunker but anyway Rod said of Elton uh, we've been in contact with each other a lot lately bitching about everybody and we're still competitive we text back and forth how many albums I've sold and how many he's sold and I'm winning Elton responded apparently by text with emoji simply saying back off <laughs> so look, I've got to go now Rolf it's uh, school holidays uh, this week for us over here so I'm, I'm spending some time with my youngest Daisy so uh, we, we've We planned a special fun Daddy-Daughter Day.
0: Lovely. What's it going to be?
3: Well, we're going to go into London. What we decided, we're going to do one activity she wants to do, and then one I want to do. So, we're starting off throwing excrement at James Corden's UK residence, um, and then we're doing something that I want to (laughs) do.
0: Enjoy, sir. Ta-ra. And, of course, today is Wednesday. Around here, that's got a special significance, because that means it's One Hit Wonder Wednesday. It's the One Hit Wonder. One Hit Wonder. One hit wonders. It's a very common tale. I want to thank Garmi member Julie for this one. Oh man, this is a classic. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this is perhaps the king of what was known as bubblegum pop back in the day, which is a short era in popular music from about 1968 to about 1973 is when bubblegum pop reigned before disco kicked in I guess before disco kicked yeah. in yeah um, these were the the easy to listen to pop song mostly appealed to a younger audience. The older audiences were still more into hardcore, authentic, and big quotes, rock and roll, bands that played their own music and that kind of right, stuff. Right. The Monkees were kind of caught up in that a little bit. They were accused of being bubblegum pop, especially their early stuff, gotcha. because they didn't write those songs. They didn't play the instruments on those songs. They weren't really
1: a band. They were formed by they, someone they else. They sang
0: yeah. on the songs, but they were mostly cast, as you mentioned. Right. And then later on in their careers, they did play all their own music. But by that time, the label had kind of stuck on them. And today's song actually has a little bit of history that comes from the Monkees. Uh, The Monkees, when they started that TV show in 1966, there was a producer who was hired to oversee all the Monkees' music and put out the records while they were busy recording and filming the TV show. It's a guy named Don Kirshner. And Don Kirshner was known as the man with the golden ear. He was able to hear a song that a songwriter would pitch him. Back in the old days, there was a thing called the Brill Building in New York City, and it was just room after room of songwriters, and they were just cranking out popular music, and then wow. those songs would be sold to artists around the world it's a to song sing. factory. It was a song factory, wow. literally. So he used to work with a lot of people out of the Brill Building, and he would take songs that were being written by young artists, and then he would place them with singers. So with The Monkees, for example, he took songs being written by Carol King, Neil Sedaka, uh, Neil Diamond. There's a lot of legendary songwriters that were turning up pop songs for the Monkees to record for their albums and their TV show. Here was the problem with working with the Monkees. The Monkees wanted to be a real band eventually. They wanted to have control over their own music. Mm-hmm. And they got into fight after fight with this producer named Don Kirschner. So much so, in one meeting, Mike Nesmith of the Monkees put his fist through the wall of a hotel room saying to Kirshner that could have been your face wow there was a lot <laughs> oh of animosity between Kirchner, who by all accounts was a very arrogant prick who thought he knew better than everyone else and the monkeys he was working with and they were keep in mind everybody's making a ton of money yeah. off well of he played a
1: god complex right sort of yeah.
0: and they very much wanted to be authentic rock stars yeah. and so the pressure on both sides was probably a little bit out of whack And eventually, Kirshner was fired from the enterprise because the producers thought the monkeys were more important to the monkeys than Don Kirshner was. was. So what happens to him is he moves on and he says, I want to do the same thing. I still want to work in television, but I don't want to deal with these young assholes like the monkeys that he had to deal with. So what he did was the next best thing. He got a TV band that was made up of completely fictional characters. (laughs) And that fictional band was known as the Archies. It was Archie on lead vocals, Reggie on bass, Jughead on drums, Betty and Veronica on tambourine and keyboards and backup vocals. And it was used for the the animated Archie series. It was on television at the time. And they had songs in every episode as well. And he decided to take them and release albums and singles as a band, the Archies, that would be completely under his control. He would hire session musicians, he would pick the songs. He would pick the singers, and he would release all <laughs> so the songs So he didn't music. want to work with real people anymore. He just, didn't have to, because now to. he had just drawn a drawn band that would never speak back to him or That's argue. That's
1: fascinating.
0: And so the Archies became a thing, and they actually re- released records, and this one in particular was released in 1969 and became a number one smash hit around the world. But only, he was very smart, he played the song to DJs around the United States before he told them who the band was. And so they listened to it, and they got hooked. And then he told them afterwards, it's that cartoon band, The Archie's (laughs) from Saturday Mornings. But by that point, it didn't matter, and they started playing it, and it was a smash everywhere, as I mentioned. It was number one in Austria, Belgium, Canada, Germany, Ireland, Norway, South Africa, Spain, the UK, and here in the United States. The song, as you may have guessed by now, was called Sugar Sugar. It was by The Archies, and it's the first and only time a fictional band has had a number one hit in America. Wow, that's music history. Here's a little taste of Sugar Sugar by the Archies.
1: Sugar
2: Got me wanting you I just can't believe The loveliness of loving
1: go, there's the Archies. That's fascinating. There's a person out there who sang a song that's a number one smash hit. Ron Dante was the name of the guy who sang that. But it's a completely fictional character, and he can't take any credit for it.
0: Well, he did. He later re-released it under his own name, but by then, the the, the luster had worn off. That's
1: crazy. But
0: he went on to a very successful career in music. He produced, I think, the first eight or nine Barry Manilow albums. Oh, he did? Made a ton of money off of that. He produced records for Pat Benatar and a lot of other stars in the 70s. Well, I don't feel so bad. No, he went on to a very (laughs) successful successful so career almost everyone involved in that song went on to bigger and better things so it wasn't like he disappeared wow. well he we did have a short stint after the archies of also singing lead for another fictional cartoon band from a series called charlie chan and the chan clan <laughs> and there was a band called the, the chan clan and he was the lead singer for that band as well so for a while he was Let's, a cartoon
1: singer he was the bit. go-to fictional <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: Julie, thanks so much for suggesting that smash hit from the era of bubblegum music. I appreciate it. That was today's one-hit wonder. It's the one-hit wonder. One-hit wonder. One-hit wonders. It's a very common tale. That's it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. Come on back tomorrow when it's Thursday. That means time for Ralph Sex University. Steve Ashton will return this time with Ask a Brit and all the usual nonsense. Meanwhile, always remember, I love you. I mean it.